welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. All right, you may be seated. Thank you so much. So glad you're here. And we are in our Hall of Fame series or Hall of Faith series and talking about how to make God's Hall of Fame. And I hope that I hope that you understand the intent of this message is for you to understand that the Word of God is for us today. God's wanting to show us some things. Everything that's written in this book is not just so that we can be inspired, not just so we can be motivated, but we can actually apply it to our lives. And this is so, so important. So with that said, let's look at Hebrews 11, uh, chapters 8 through 10. By faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He was called out to go to a place which he would receive an inheritance. Your greatest inheritances from God are in your future. So God's going to call you to go out from some places. He's going to cause you like Abram. He said, I want you to get get, get out of your country Get out of your nationality paradigm. In today's world, get out of your Americanism. I want you to get away from your family. Watch this now. Get out of your ethnicity. In other words, all the things that have shaped who you are as a person. He said, I want you to just go to a place where I'm taking you, where you won't miss it because of the way you think as an American. You won't miss it because of your ethnicity. You won't miss it because of the people that you've been around in the past. I'm gonna take you to a place you've never been. And the Bible says that he went out not knowing where he was going. God's gonna call you sometimes to go out and not know where you're going. If you're an entrepreneur here, if you've ever started a business, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you are launching out and you have absolutely no idea and that's why I think God loves an entrepreneurial spirit. He loves a creative type spirit. And every entrepreneur has been an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody that's working for somebody else. But at some point, if you have a dream to have your own company, just be the best entrepreneur that you are. You say, what does that mean? That, mean that, that means to work like you own it when you don't own it. So a lot of people never become great entrepreneurs because they were never great entrepreneurs. They, they never served another person's vision. They never gave their best. And they expect that when they start their own company, that now it's going to be great because they're at the helm. No, 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 no. If you're too big to follow, you're too small to lead. So life starts out following. Life starts out in a family where you're not the boss, you're the kid. Life starts out where you've got to learn and you've got to grow and yet there may be dreams in your heart and there's always a process that God has that requires faith. So the Bible says that he went out not knowing where he was going by faith. Everybody say by faith. He dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. The things in your future, are, they, they might seem foreign to you right now. Where God wants to take you may not make sense right now. It may seem like a foreign concept, like how could that ever happen to me and for me? So by faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Now I find this interesting because 
God gives him this promise, and you can go and you can find it in Genesis, the 12th chapter. And if I just went there real quick, um, I can just cite it for you exactly how God says it. Because what God says to him is he says, get out of your country, away from your family, from your father's house to a land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and in you or through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then in verse four of Genesis 12, he says, so he departed. He didn't argue with God. He didn't go, I don't know if it's for me. I'm not sure. What do you mean leave my father's house? I mean, I've got it pretty good here. You know, it's like, what do you mean leave a country? Go somewhere where I've never been. I mean, wow, what's that all about? So again, he goes and from the, he's 75 years old. The Bible says he's 75. And so it's not until he's 100, 25 years later, that he actually starts to see a physical manifestation of the promise. Why? Because if you're going to be called the father of faith, which Abraham is called the father of our faith, then guess what? It takes time sometimes for the things that God not wants to do for you to manifest. It takes time for you to get ready for what God has for you. You see, too often times people don't understand whatever you're ready for is ready for you. Sometimes we never get there because we didn't become that here. Everybody wants to go to the next level, but you have to grow there before you go there. So it's so very important that this happens by faith. So here is Abraham dwelling, or Abram, dwelling in this land of promise that God's talked about. It's a foreign country. It's foreign to him. He's dwelling in tents, not palaces. And now he's had a son, which is a part of his promise and now even a grandson. And it's still not happening on the scale that God told him. I mean, he got from he left his father's house. He went to the land that God showed him. I will make you a great nation. I got a couple of sons now and a grandson. That doesn't look like a nation. Oh, by the way. So he gives him the big picture first. And then he says, now I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Wow. He gives big picture first. Now he says, now here's what I'm going to do for you so that the big thing that I just spoke over your life can happen. Okay. So he's dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Now I like this part of the, of the verse. I like this next part. The heirs with him of the same promise. Wow. So he's doing life with the heirs of the promise without seeing the fulfillment of all the promise. If you're getting that, say I'm getting that. And then look at this, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, fast forward to you and I, Galatians, the third chapter, the 14th verse. Through Christ Jesus, everybody put an amen on that. So through Jesus Christ, who, who came and lived a sinless life, he came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. So Jesus Christ comes. He takes the sin of humanity. He becomes the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And now through Christ Jesus, God has blessed 
Seth. I see you, Seth. And the whole row. Who all came with Seth today? Y'all stand up. Y'all are going to be glad you came today, man. This is, hey, some of y'all, Seth, come up here for a minute. And y'all stay standing. Y'all stay standing. This is how the kingdom of God's supposed to work. Some of y'all remember, I did a mastermind in Cabo. What, what, what month was it? Was it February? February? In February, I'm standing in a private airport about to get on a private jet with this guy and a few other people. And we start talking. And within five minutes, he said, man, I'm ready. Ready for what? Ready to give my life fully to Jesus. Before we even got out of the airport, he's given his life fully to Christ. That was in February. Look who he brought to church today. I just want y'all to see this. Huh? He lives in Houston, but he's got all his friends here working together. Because they just, you just finished your junior year at A&M. Yes, sir. I'm so glad y'all came. Y'all like doing my heart good today. Give, give all of them a hand. I love you, man. Thanks for being here. So awesome. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? That guy got it in February. And man, he brought 15 people with him today. I just think, God, I just need about three like him. Then maybe we can reach the whole world. Amen. So pretty, pretty amazing. But, but I think about how God has blessed us. Put your name in there. God has blessed Keith and his family. God has blessed Kelly and her family. God has blessed, you put your name in there, with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. So here's the elevated big thought for today. How you think, how you be, how you do will determine what God can do for you, in you, and through you. It's how you think. Part of what I teach and part of the reason we do uh, masterminds and personal coaching and all the things that I do to help people with their own thought processes. Because I describe myself not just as a pastor, but as a think coach. Not because I think better than anybody, but because God's put me on the earth to help people think better about what they're thinking about and maybe think about some things they're not thinking about. So I've committed the rest of my life at 61 to helping people who want to grow in their thinking so they can grow in their being, so they can grow in their doing, and God can do in their life what he wants to do. So I want you to, I want you to understand this. Every person here has a philosophy of life. Most of you have never been asked that question. What is your philosophy of life? But you have a philosophy of life. And it affects you if you get married because now you have a philosophy of marriage. And it affects you if you have children because now you have a philosophy of family or a family philosophy. And all of a sudden, life is just going, you know. And you don't even realize, like, you're bringing your philosophy into everything that you're a part of. So let me tell you how your philosophy starts. Three words. How you think, how you be, and what you do. Because how you think determines how you are or how you be as a person. How you be or how you are as a person will determine what you do with your life. And if you could see it as a math equation, think plus be plus do equals what you have in life. 
So some people never understand this. Why? Because they live on the default side of life rather than the design side of life. So today, once again, I want to help you understand that how you think, how you be, and how you do will determine what God does in you, what God does for you, and what God ultimately does through you or because of you. It's huge. And yet you have to own that. And you know where it starts? It starts with your faith. Let me give you some great news. The Bible says that every one of us has been given a measure of faith. In other words, God's given us all something to work with. And so we have this faith. And, and let, me, let me really, I hope you can really hear my heart in this, but more importantly, hear God's heart. Your faith is your superpower. It's your superpower. So what is faith? It's not just belief, but it's the belief that you take action on. So faith is not just belief. Faith is what you choose to believe. Watch this now about yourself, about who you're gonna marry or your current spouse, what you believe about family, what you believe about your gender, what you believe about your ethnicity, what you believe about your nationality, what you believe about the family of origin that you were born into. In other words, your, your beliefs are your beliefs. They're very personal, just like your faith is very personal. But just because you believe doesn't mean you have faith. It's just your beliefs are either working for you or they're not. And some people never truly develop a winning belief system. So let me give you just one nugget today. A winning belief system starts with whatever you believe, whatever that is, you take action on that. Now you could say all day long, yeah, I believe, I, be oh, I believe in there's God. Oh yeah, like, like if I were to ask everybody here, and I do this all the time, because it's near and dear to my heart. But if I were to ask you today, don't raise your hand, but if I were to ask you today, everybody in here, if I were to say, how many of you want to be healthy? Every hand would go up, but it's the second question that's going to get you. What are you doing about it? If I were to ask you, how many of you would love to have more money than you know what to do with? Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Oh, good. I'm in the right room. I was getting kind of scared. I would like to have more money than I knew what to do with. I remember one time I had a pastor, and if I said his name, you'd know who he was. And we're at a, we're at a, a pastor's gathering. And so they said, why don't you just go around the table and pray for each other? So I turned to this guy and I said, what can I pray for you about? Here's what he said. I have so much money coming into my hand. I just need God to tell me what to do with it. I said, I have a word from the Lord. <laughs> he was shocked. He looked at me. I go, give it to me. Because obviously you don't know what in the heck you're doing. So give it all to me. And he goes, okay, brother. I said, no. And, and, it, and he was sincere, buddy. He was sincere. I've got so much money coming into my hands. I just need God to show me what to do with it. I thought, let me give you a hammer first to hit yourself in the head. But I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people, listen to me, there's a lot of people that don't realize your beliefs shape everything in your life. And it's all umbilically connected to how you think. Your beliefs are born out of how you think. And then how you choose to believe or how you choose to be based on those be leaves, be live, be leaves. And then how you choose to live 
and how you choose to be as a person will determine what you do as a person, which ultimately, like I said, will determine your meaning and purpose in life, the meaning and purpose that you have in your life. And so faith is very important. So listen very carefully to what I'm saying. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. God, I'm gonna say something that's controversial. I know I never do, but I'm gonna say something here that's kind of <laughs> controversial. And that is God didn't care that you believe in him. And oh, by the way, the devil doesn't either. You know what God cares about? People who say they believe in him and then take action based on their belief. So some people never get this because they say, oh yeah, I believe in God. I'm an American. But everything that you believe, listen to me, everything that you believe is gonna determine the direction in your life based on your philosophy of life because your philosophy of life is birthed out of your beliefs. Now, whether your philosophy works or not is not just based on the actions that you take, but here's what a wise person would do. No matter what I believe, if I'm taking action on those beliefs, it's my faith. But if it's not producing results, I gotta go back to what I believe. Because somebody all day long, uh, you know, I had the privilege, Rod Villar was here, and years ago, I had the privilege to be kind of a corporate coach for his company. And uh, before I started doing all that I'm doing now with a bunch of different companies. And one of, the, one of the most important questions I would ask Rod in a situation where there were a lot of smart people in the room is everybody would be going, well, here's what I think, here's what I think, here's what I believe. And I said, okay, I'm just going to ask one question. How's that working for you? That's called the effectiveness question. So what's so important that you need to understand is it doesn't matter what you believe. Number one, if you're not taking action on it. And number two, it doesn't matter what you believe if you're taking action on it and it's not working. How's your marriage going? How's your finances going? How's everything that you're a part of going? Well, you know, if my boss would, well, you know, here's the thing. If I just had a better opportunity, man, if I just had more money, no, 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 no. You see, your faith is your faith. And so, so God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But watch this. He didn't stop there. He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this is how the word of God shapes our think, our be, and our do so that our beliefs truly are a winning belief system that bring about positive results, not just in our life, but in everybody else's lives. That's God's goal for you. Not for you just to win, but if you're winning, help a brother win. Help somebody else win. So that's, that's, that's what the big elevated thought is, is that how you think, how you be, how you do will determine what God can do in you, for you, and through you. So I'm, I'm gonna invite you to do something with me, and that's just give me a chance for the next few minutes to talk about think, be, do in this respect. So let me, let me help shape a philosophy and I'm, uh, of life for you as it relates to think blessing. Everybody say think blessing. So, so let me tell you something about God. God's heart is to bless you. God wants to bless you. Would you just say this to yourself? God wants to bless me. Now, my hand is already raised. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you would, if this, if this identifies with you. How many of you have ever felt like, well, really, I'm just not that blessed? 
Like blessing isn't working out like I thought it was going to. Come on, be honest. Like it's, it's just not like I, the way I thought it was going to be, like the way I thought blessing looked, it isn't happening for me right now. So it starts with thinking blessing. Wow, thinking blessing. Why should we think blessing? If you go all the way back, 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 back to the first page of the Bible. Genesis 1, verses 26 says, God said to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our own image according to or in harmony with our likeness. So God said, I wanna make man to reflect my image, but I also wanna supernaturally endow him to be like us. And so the more my, my life is like God, therefore how I think, how I be, how I do, and then I align my beliefs and what I'm taking action on based on what the word of God says, then watch what happens. Look, he says, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. And then he said, in verse 28, and he blessed them. The first act of God after creation was to bless them, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So we've got to, we've got to think blessing. So I, I don't have time to unpack all of this, but I want to show you just real quick a theology of blessing. Theology means Godology, God's thought processes, God's philosophy. That's what theology is. It's Godology. So in other words, it's, it's God's intention and desire to bless humanity. It's his total focus. For this reason, the concept of blessing pervades the entire biblical record. There's two distinct ideas that are present. First, a blessing was a public declaration of a favored status with God. Secondly, the blessing endowed power for prosperity and success. Let me just ask you a question. How many of you wanna have the power for prosperity and success? Come on, all right? So that's what a blessing was in the Bible. The Old Testament terms for blessing abound in the Old Testament occurring 600 times. And the major terms are related to the one meaning and it means to kneel to receive a blessing. So I'm asking you to do something. Everybody stand up wherever you are, just stand up where you are. Now, if there's room by you, okay, if there's room by you, you can turn sideways, but if there's room by you, I'm gonna invite you to kneel with me just real quick. So you don't have to kneel in front, but just turn if you're in the, one of those, uh, the bowl, just turn with me. And I'm about, now listen to me, what, we, what we've just postured ourselves in the natural, listen to me now, is to receive a blessing from God. So some of you have never received a blessing from God. My assignment today is to speak a blessing over your life. So in this posture, would you receive it? Say, yes, I'll receive it. So I speak over your life from this day forward that you are blessed by God. You're blessed when you lay down. You're more blessed when you rise up. You're blessed regardless of your past because God has a great future for you. I speak over your marriage if you're married. You're blessed to be one. You're blessed with the magic number in the kingdom that says if any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, my father will do it. You are blessed to be a great family in the earth with a great name. I bless you. God blesses you in your business. God blesses you in your leisure. God blesses you 
when you're on vacation. God blesses you in your past, your present, and your future. God will bless you financially. God will bless you with making your dreams come true. If you'll begin to think blessing like never before, know that God's intention for you as your heavenly father is to bless everything that you're a part of, to bless you from the inside out. And no matter what's happened to you in the future that may feel like a curse, God is going to use it for your future blessing to be a blessing to other people. Now, come on, give God a big hand. Let's receive that today. Amen? Now, go ahead and be seated. Thank you for going through that with me. God doesn't just want to bless you. God's intention is to bless you as long as there's breath in your body. But you've got to think blessing. Not think problem. Not think victim. Not think abuse. Not think what happened. Not think what they did. Not think what's unfair. But think blessing. So when somebody asks me, Keith, how are you doing? My... as. In all of my adult life, I can't remember, so I'm 61, so for more than 30 years, I think I became an adult about 30. Some people, it just takes longer. But for more than 30 years, somebody say, how are you doing? And out loud, I will say, I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And through the years I've added from time to time, that's my confession. And what I'm saying when I say that is I don't feel wonderfully well and blessed. I don't feel highly favored. But you see, our father Abraham spoke those things that were not as though they were, and indeed they came to pass. So that's why your confession and what comes out of your mouth is so important. That's why I don't say words like damn. I certainly don't put damn with God's name. And I certainly don't put an it with damn and God because my life is not about God damning something. My life is about God blessing something. That's why, that's why. I don't allow curse, think about it, curse words to come out of my mouth because I'm blessed. And how can both good and evil come from the same fountain? Now, there are some things I say from time to time that I'm not proud of that I have to repent for. But my point is, as a lifestyle, I've got to speak to my future. I've got to speak those things that are not as though they were. And that's what pleases God about me. And that's what will please God about you. It's faith. It's beautiful. And so we've got to think blessing. The history of Israel begins with the promise of blessing. The curse which had dominated the early chapters of the Bible story, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, Genesis 5, Genesis 9, were countered by God's promise to Abraham and to all the peoples, all the peoples. He didn't say some people. He said, the promise is, I will bless all the people of the earth because of you. As a people, not a race, they're not a race. The Jews are not a race. And oh, by the way, neither are you. You're not a black race. There's no white. That's why it's so stupid. Really hear me. What mankind makes as an issue, we are the human race. We are not the white race or the black race or this. And so people say, there is racism. No, you know what there is? There's idiotness. 
That's what there is. Dogs aren't walking around going, there's a white dog. Dogs don't even care what color the dog is. And I don't know what happened up here and in here that caused people to get so confused and make that an issue. But I'm here to tell you in this house, the issue is God Almighty and we are a part of his family. And guess what? We're called to fix that kind of thinking in the earth. We're called to fix it. So, so somebody says, well, are you saying it doesn't exist? Of course it exists. There's all kinds of ridiculous problems that exist in our world. Because without God, we bite and devour one another. So watch this, this, this journey of faith that we have. The Jewish people are not a race. They're not even an ethnicity. And true Jews will tell you this. They're Jews by choice. Go study it out. They're Jews by choice. And then they're descendants of other people who were called Jews. So the first Jew, but he wasn't a Jew, was Abraham. God was trying to establish a family. He was trying to establish a tribe in the earth that represented the blessing of God so that God's hand could be upon them. But of all the peoples in the earth, of all people in the United States of America, Jews are only 5% and they're the wealthiest Americans. Why do you think that is? Because the truth is God has always looked for a people. And those who have been grafted in, which those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, we've been grafted into the vine. The Bible says there's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither male nor female. There's neither rich nor poor, but all are one in Christ. And mankind who is not focused on God does exactly the opposite. So they focus on gender. There's neither male nor female in God, but yet we're both male and female. In other words, there's, there's males and there's females. There's, rich, there's neither rich nor poor, although there's rich and poor. There's neither, neither uh, Jew nor Gentile, but, but watch this. In Christ, in other words, God says, don't make that stuff an issue. And yet people without Christ, listen to me, they make it an issue. And some people with Christ make it an issue. So again, God says, I want to bless all the peoples. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are, sing it with me, precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Wow. God says, I want to bless all the nations because of you. The New Testament parallels the old and the New Testament and the usages of blessing are the same. To be blessed is to be granted a special favor by God that, that, that results in joy and prosperity. In the New Testament, however, the emphasis is not just on material blessings, but also on spiritual blessings. So God's promise to Abraham, again, serves as a foundation for blessing. It's to all peoples of the earth. Say, I'm one of those people. Come on, just say that. I'm one of those people. Now, Ephesians 1, here's what the Bible says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with not some spiritual blessing, but look at it. Say it with me. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. By the way, if you're not with Christ, you don't get the blessing. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance, this is God's faith. 
He decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great treasure. Now, let me prophesy over your life. I wrote this. I called it Leadershipology. It was for me, but it's for you too. God is opening his good treasure with your name on it over your life. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, and bless the works of your hands. Deuteronomy 12, 12. Come on, y'all. In other words, there's treasure in heaven with your name on it. And when you start thinking, being, and doing your life God's way, and then you align your beliefs with the winning belief system of the Word of God, and then you begin to take action on that, that's what pleases God. And according to 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking to see those that are loyal to him who will think, be, and do like him, establish their belief system based on what the word of God says, take action on that. The Bible says he's looking everywhere. And so I just always say this, God, would you stop right here in Frisco, Texas? Come on, y'all come into agreement with me. Would you stop right here in Frisco, Texas and see this family of God, see this tribe, see this family of choice. And God, would you just put your hand on us today? Because if he's looking, you don't have to look anymore, God. Stop with me and start the blessing with me. Amen. Come on, put an amen on that. Amen. amen. So everybody say, thank blessing. blessing. Here's the second thing. Be a fighter. Be a fighter. Now remember, how you think, how you be, and how you do will determine what God will do for you, in you, and through you. So be a fighter. What do I mean when I say that? So here's Abraham. And Abraham, I'm not going to go much longer, but I'm just hot. Abraham, thank you, uh, Garrett. Abraham shows up in Genesis 12. God gives him this promise. He now starts a 25-year journey to see those promises come to pass as he's growing there. Watch this now for 25 years before he goes there. Your process, whatever your process is, whether you're building a business, whether you're building a marriage, whether you're building a family, will require you to grow wherever you want to go before you go there. And this is what our faith does. We start by aligning our beliefs with the Word of God and then taking action based on those beliefs. And God is pleased and His hand comes on our life. And so then by the time we get to Genesis, the 14th chapter, the first battle in Scripture happens wait, I'm all about the promise, but I don't want the battles. How many of you are like that? I'm like that. Like I want the promises, but you know, God just, I just do it. You know, Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord his heart towards you and give you peace. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. I want that. Okay, Keith, there's some battles you got to fight. No, I just want the blessing. No, you got to learn to fight, Keith. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for your kids. You got to fight for your dreams. You got to fight for progress. 
I wrote an Instagram yesterday with a picture of my first grandson, my fifth grandchild, first grandson, Ark, who was holding a weight in his hand because we're starting them early. <laughs> but here's what I said. I've, I've, I've lifted weights since I was 15 years of age. And I was like, oh, you're a weightlifter. No, 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 I'm not a weightlifter. Uh, I've been involved in resistance training since I was 15. It's a different thought process. You see, if you're gonna grow your bicep on purpose, you have to pick up a weight and you have to learn how to use that weight to make your bicep grow. Now, what's interesting about weightlifting that is a natural supernatural metaphor, if I want to grow my bicep, I have to pick up a weight and then I have to learn how to lift that weight for that muscle to grow. And then once I begin to lift that weight and embrace that resistance, it forces blood into the muscle. While it's forcing blood into the muscle, it's tearing the muscle down. Wait, I wanna grow my muscles, not tear them down. I wanna grow my business, not tear it down. I wanna grow my marriage, not tear it down. Then you better start embracing resistance. Oh, but it's just tough in my marriage. And we begin to resist resistance rather than embracing the resistance to grow. And so what happens in our life is we become great resistors. We resist any kind of conflict. We resist, we just want, we just want peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father. And then in the middle of that, I hear Sean Connery's voice. Preach! is on the other side of war. Peace, peace, <laughs> wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. Now I'm gonna change the word. In fathomless battles, I've won, not, not billows, Billows of heaven, billows. Oh, I love peace. You gotta to learn to be a fighter. So the first battle in scripture, here's what happened. Long story short, nine kings, nine kings. Four kings when it gets five, they beat him. But why nine kings? Why would God say there was nine of them? Abraham heard about it. In fact, Genesis, the 14th chapter, now Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive. He armed 318 trained servants who were born in his house and he went in pursuit of Dan. And long story short, he brought back all the goods. He brought back his brother Lot, his goods. He brought all the women and the people back. And then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he said, blessed and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. 
And blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Why does God want you to be a fighter? Listen very carefully now. Nine kings. By the way, Abraham, his promise finally started to unfold when he was 99. Sarah got pregnant. What does 999 represent? Nine kings. Then when he's finally 99, the Bible mentions all these numbers in Scripture. And they have interpretive significance. Nine in Scripture means finality. It means fruitfulness. And it means fullness of time. So a woman doesn't carry a baby for eight months, no matter where you are in the world. She doesn't carry it for 10 months. A woman carries a baby for nine months because even in pregnancy, God says this is how it works. Finality, fruitfulness, and in fullness of time, that baby's gonna come. And that baby represents fruitfulness. And that baby represents finality. So of your parents, before you were parents, it's over. It's final. Now the fruit is gonna be manifest in the fullness of time. What is it that God's saying? These nine kings, four defeat, defeat five, but they were wicked. Abraham, wow, I, I've been given this promise by God two chapters ago. I, I will bless those that bless you. I, I, I will bless, I will make your name great. I, I will make you, how, how's God gonna make you famous? How's God gonna make you great? Does he make you great by going, you're great. No, you become great by overcoming what's not great. So if I were to ask you a question, how many of you want to be great? Let me just see your hands. How many of you want to be great? All right, come on, I hope every hand's raised here. If you want to be great, remember this. The first battle you're going to fight is your normal. It's your personality. It's the way you're naturally wired. Wired, your natural defaults. It'll get you stuck more than anything else. And so you got to learn to fight against yourself. you got to learn to fight for God. You can't say, well, God made me this way. You knew this way when you married me. You knew I was this way when you married me. And good-meaning Christians, quote-unquote, spirit-filled people say that. The hardest thing you'll ever do and the most important thing you'll ever do is lead yourself. And that means the normal part of you needs to die so the supernormal part of you can live. That's greatness. That's what will make your marriage great, buddy. Not by you just understanding her as a woman, her understanding you as a man and your differences and all those. <laughs> I need God's supernatural power to make this thing work because we're totally opposite. And if I stay how I've always been, I'll get what I've always got less than what God has for me. So nine in scripture means finality. So watch this. And I'm going to speak this over your life now because this is a part of Abraham's blessing. When Melchizedek said, blessed be you, the most high God, it's a blessing of elevation. I don't know what's been holding you back, but finality, what's coming to an end. Today, y'all, today, I want you to come into agreement with me. It's everything that's held you back from the elevation that God wants to bring into your life. God says, I'm going to bless you that way, Abram, but I'm not just going to bless you that way. I'm going to bless you with possession possession, fruitfulness, everything that's been barren, everything that hadn't worked out in your life. 
Everything that God has that has your name on it out of Deuteronomy 12, God's good treasure, you're going to possess. Come on, put an amen on that. And then the last part of that blessing, Melchizedek said, it's not just about elevation. It's not just about possession. But Abraham, you're blessed with dominion. Dominion. What does that mean? Fullness of time. God has a kingdom for you, ladies and gentlemen. God has, has businesses for you to rule and reign over. God has, God has dreams for you to rule and reign over. God has his kingdom for you to be rulers and reigners over. And guess what? You got to understand, God wants you to be a fighter because it's not just going to happen. You pray it. Prayer works more than prayer. Reading the word. Word works more than reading the word. It's your belief that you take action on that pleases God. Not you reading the Bible, not you singing your favorite worship song, not even coming to the house of God, but applying your belief with your think be do according to the word of God. So he says, now you are blessed. You are blessed on this day, on this day. And I want to announce it to heaven and I hear heaven saying amen. I want to announce it to the earth. Give me an amen. And I want to announce it to the kingdom of darkness that would try to hold you back. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. What that means is Jesus came so you could be blessed with elevation. So your life could go like this perpetually. Not like this. Not up and down. And certainly not down. But you are blessed today with elevation. You are blessed today with possession. Everything that has your name on it. God is going to bring into your sphere. You are blessed with dominion to walk in the earth as a king and a queen and to take what has your name on it. Come on, church. Come on. You're blessed. You're blessed. Now be seated. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. So one, th one last thing. Think blessed. Be a fighter. And do your life God first. Do your life God first. So after Melchizedek comes out, and Abram, Abram he's, he's defeated four kings, one guy. By the way, Abraham was never called a king. But let me just ask y'all a question. Are you a king when you defeat four kings? Oh yeah. So Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest who the Bible would say later, Hebrews, that Jesus came in the order of Melchizedek would come out after Abram has won this gigantic victory with only 318 men over thousands of people. Melchizedek comes out and he brings bread and wine, which represent covenant. Hey, by the way, why does God want to bless you? Because he made a covenant with you that he'd be your God even before you were his son and daughter, before you re realized it. He made a covenant that he knew you couldn't keep. That's what the bread and wine represent, a covenant with God. And then Melchizedek blesses him. And this is the first picture of a priest and a king and how the kingdom of God is supposed to work. And then something very cool happens. The king of Sodom was so excited because that's where Lot was. He was one of the original five kings that got defeated by the four kings. 
He came and he said, oh, listen, we want you to keep everything for you. It's like, or at least take a portion of it. Abraham said, no, 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 I'm not gonna do that. He said, what I am gonna do, and I'll read it right out of the word of God. The Bible says that Abraham in Genesis 14, 20, gave him who? Melchizedek, not the king of Sodom, gave him a tithe of it all. Listen very carefully to what I'm gonna tell you. There was no law at this time about tithing. That's why some people say, oh, tithing is such Old Testament, it's old, it's old law. Listen, you know what tithing is? It's giving a 10th of your income to God. But you know what first, first fruiting is? It's different. It's given the first tenth. And that's what Abraham did. He didn't just give him a tenth of it all. He gave him the first tenth. And he gave that to Melchizedek. And when he gave that to him, something shifted over his life. And let me tell you what shifted over his life. He's going through this process. He's only two chapters into a very long 25 years. But he's making right decisions and he's honoring God with his first fruits. And so many people, I can't even tell you, in the kingdom of God miss this and they don't honor God. Let me tell you what God says. But seek first, this is the words of Jesus, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all these other things will be added unto you. That's what the Bible says. And then in Luke 12, Luke's telling the same story, seek first the kingdom of God and do things God's way. And he says, oh, by the way, remember this, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, my kids are all in this service. Josh is in this service. Uh, Keila, I guess, is with Ark. She's watching in the back. And Cole is here, my son in love. Whitney's smoking a cigarette in the back. She does that. After she gets through worship, she, <laughs> come here. Okay, I'll tell him. She was smoking a joint. Anyway. Now listen, I think my kids know this. I think they know this at this point. As their father, my intention, my intention has been to always bless them. So I'll ask you, Josh, have you known that your whole life? Has there been times in your life where as me, as your father, you haven't been blessed because of some of the decisions you've made where you could have been blessed. Yes. The truth is many of God's blessings for your life, even though he said from the very beginning, I've blessed you to be fruitful. You've got to sow your seeds to be fruitful. I've blessed you to multiply. In other words, what is God saying? It's conditional. We've got to understand what our part of the blessing is. It's not just, oh, God, just bless me. He says, listen, you've got to think blessing. You've got to be a fighter. You've got to fight for what you fight for. But watch this. And then you've got to do a God first life. Why? Because as you honor me without faith, watch this, my belief towards God, my think be do shaped by my belief towards God, and then me taking action on that. If I'm not very desirous of that, then what happens is God cannot fully bless me. I can make things happen for myself because it's a universal principle, whether you include God or not, it's in the Bible. Whatever you sow is going to be what you reap. But listen very carefully to what I'm saying. The eyes of the Lord, again, look to and fro throughout the whole earth to see those that are loyal to him and that will honor him by living a God first life 
And God says, I'm going to put my hand on you. And what I've done before I've gotten to the do part is to tell you about all the good things that God wants to do in your life. But your part is to put him first, is to put him first. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.